You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. You know, I, I wrote this note to myself. I guess four weeks ago, I wrote this to myself. I don't know when the last time that I witnessed a Christian being so humble and so convicted that they came forward and got right with God. I have preached all over this country most Mondays and Tuesdays for 45 years. I know, I, I know and it's going to sound arrogant. I know what message brings people down an aisle. And I think I have to preach some of those messages. Messages that, that, that God cares about your problem. And I think a pastor should preach that often. But if I preach about us and, and our heartaches and our woes, and the altars and churches all over America would be packed. Don't give up. I know it's a hard time, but, and, and people come. But you know, when you preach something about getting right with God, the, the altar freezes up. But the root of the problem is always we have not humbled ourselves before, before Almighty God. When was the last time you saw, when was the last time you saw a prodigal child? I'm talking about our internet folks around the globe, every country right now, in every state. When was the last time you saw your church? Someone walk forward as a prodigal child, a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, and get right with God? When was the last time you saw a father, and we have all those great invitations here, weeping before God? Not my brother, not my sister, it's me. It's the last time you saw a mother weep over her erring life. Oh, I know we go to teen camp, and I'm very excited that you get to go and the, the revival that's going to take place. It always does, and I'm grateful for that because I think God's building your lives, teenagers. And so please don't, don't say, okay, if I go forward, then, well, yeah, you're going to go backwards too. I was a camper too. I made good decisions at camp, and then, you know, I'd, I'd fall away from those decisions little by little. But that's what growth is. You keep going forward, pressing on the upward way. I want to ask you, when was the last time you broke before an almighty God and said, God, I, I have a, I, I'm wrong here. And when we get right with God, we'll always want to get right with man. We'll want to get right with our wife, with our, with our husband, our children. We'll want to say, kids, gather around. Our daughter Tabitha sang in that group here this morning. And, and I don't remember many times having to go to my children and apologizing. But I remember one time, and we were getting ready for family Bible time, and the other two kids were gone, and Tabitha was there. I said, tell your mom, tell your mom it's, it's time for family Bible time. Remember that, hon? And, and I was, if I ever blew it, quite frankly, I wasn't a perfect dad, but I really never got upset that much. I'd get upset with my wife over something, and she'll tell you, I always got it right immediately. I, I just did not want the sun to go down on my wrath. I, I didn't want to be one thing in this pulpit, one thing at the palace. 
I tried to get it right all the time. And I said, Tabitha, tell your mom we're ready. Mother was out in the garage putting laundry in. And she said, Mom's busy right now. She goes, Dad, so am I. The man of God has asked you to come to prayer with him. And I remember, Tabitha, I was ticked off. I didn't say things. Just, and that night she could feel it, I could feel it, my wife could feel it. I don't know how many, that was 20 something, five years, I don't know, probably 25 years ago. You know, my pride, I could not tell that little girl I was sorry. And I'm not going to tell that wife. That night, that, that's the only night I could ever think. I, I, I felt like I should say I'm sorry. And I couldn't do that. The next morning we had breakfast. You know, I had a, now bless today. It, it just doesn't work to pray when you're upset. And I felt like such a hypocrite, Brother Jose. And that afternoon we came home and she was out front playing basketball. Maybe it was 30 years ago. You're old now. And I pulled over. I said, Tab, I've got to talk to you. Last night, I was so wrong. She said, oh, no, Dad. It was, I said, no, it was me. And I went and apologized to my wife. I, I never want to leave an example like that to my children. In 48 years, I've never been angry at the deacons. One time, one deacon kept pushing me in 1983, just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally, on a Wednesday night after church, I said, fine, you run this church. And I remember looking right at him, and I said, I'm so sorry. I was way out of bounds. I should, you know, I wish I'd have never, and he still loves me, not a member of our church. He's moved away to a distant state. He, he listens to our radio. He loves me. I love him. I, I wish I'd have never said that. You know what, what, what it was, Sister Jackie? It was my pride. You're going to destroy your life through pride. Satan, Lucifer, his problem was, I will be like the Most High. I will exalt my throne. His problem, why he fell and took one-third of the angels with him, was because of pride. Adam and Eve brought sin to this world because of pride. God said, don't touch that. And, and they said, we're, we're going to do what we want to do. And they all of a sudden took of that fruit, and their eyes were open. They saw. You know, we always know when we've done, we've done wrong. I'm coming to you on the behalf of pride today. I, I was preaching, I preached 30 some years of a week of revival. Only place I ever preached a revival for Saturday through Wednesday was Bobby Robertson. And I was preaching there and he, he prayed this prayer. Every couple of years would make a different, a different photo of this. This was last year's. The prayer of Bobby Robertson, he pastored the same church 67 years in North Carolina, large church. This church, I took a picture of his. I said, build something like this to our architect. And this is his building. He was praying when I got done. He said, oh, dear God, help us to be real. Help us to confess our sins. Help us to walk humbly before thee. And really, that's the ingredient for a good life. 
I give this to our high school students, our college students. I have it in the ready room here in my office over there. I have it in the ready room in the college chapel. But help us to be real. God does not bless phoniness. Help us to confess our sins, be right with God, and help us to walk humbly before God. And man, he prayed that. I wrote it down. I came back on Sunday night and said, folks, I didn't study from my message this week. It's just going to, I'm going to preach the prayer of a great man of God. I've lived by that right there. I've tried to for over 30 years now. Help us to walk humbly before God and man. My life, my marriage, my home, the ministry that God has, has placed in my responsibility. The trouble with America could be solved right here in a few moments at invitations all over America if God's people would humble themselves. Amen. You know, we, we used that on July 4th, 1976, the bicentennial. I looked at my journal yesterday and I saw it again. If my people, which are called by my name, show what's the first thing? Humble themselves. God is looking for humility. To be humble does not think, think that I'm, I'm worthless. No, I'm not worthless because I'm a child of the king. I'm accepted, Ephesians 1, 7, in the beloved. God is my father. Jesus Christ redeemed me. The Holy Spirit lives within me. I, I'm, I'm someone in God's sight. I'm his child. But humility... It's what God blesses. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. The problem with pride is we're trying to exalt ourselves. It's my way. It's my authority. It's my decision. Sit down, shut your mouth, listen to me. If you're a boss at work, if you're an authority figure, don't, don't take that position and have such pride. Serve your people. He that is chief among you, let him be servant of all. God's given you a place of responsibility in business. Whatever it may be, always serve those folks. I, I was reading uh, Sidwell Baxter, and Sidwell Baxter wrote the book, Explore the Book. Sidwell Baxter said this of pride of a preacher. He said, preacher, a man that's full of himself can never preach the Christ who emptied himself. He who was rich became poor that you through his poverty may, may be rich. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus who being the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation, took upon the form of a, a, a form of a servant and he humbled himself. He humbled himself. God wants Jack Traber to humble himself. What is humility? Yes, humility is to think low or to not, not think, to bow low. When I bow low, it's literally the word to be lowered. I can allow God to lower me because of my arrogancy, or I can lower myself before the Almighty God. I find myself at times getting out of control with Jack. And you know, when 
I, 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 I don't need laud. I don't need that. I don't, I'm not, that, that. That makes me feel strange. But I need to lower myself in every situation, not defend myself. And so must you. You'll never be a good husband, you boys. You'll never be a good husband, ever, if you don't learn to obey your dad. So I don't have a dad in my life. Well, then you'll never be a good husband if you don't learn to obey your mother. Yeah, well, I'm, she's five foot two and I'm five foot nine. I, I'm taller than her. I don't care if you're taller, you're not smaller than she is. She has experience of life. You'll learn to obey and honor your mother and dad. My folks have been gone for years, but I'm telling you this, I still want to honor their memory. I never go to church in this building without seeing them sitting right there. I never go in my prayer study in my office at home or here without looking at their pictures. I want to honor my dad today, the memory of the dad. I don't want to disgrace my dad today. I don't want to disgrace his name. God resisted the proud Moab last week, we have heard of the private Moab. She's very proud, even his haughtiness, his pride, his wrath, but his lies shall not be so. Micah, who was a contemporary of the writer with Isaiah, said in chapter 6 and verse number 8, uh, what he, uh, uh, he showed old man what is good, what the Lord doth require, that a man live justly and to love mercy and thirdly to walk humbly before God. I, I, I was on the road yesterday to go to make a visit. I think it was yesterday, maybe Friday, I forget. Probably yesterday. And, and I had to get over to the next lane. So I turned my turn signal on. Ladies, that would be a good thing for you to start doing. Man, it's no hope for you. You don't do it anyway. So just, But it'd be good for all of us. It's telling people where we're trying to go. This old boy next to me, this old boy next to me, he, I turned my turn signal on, he was back here. He gunned it up and brought it alongside. I thought, well, I didn't think. I said, jerk! <laughs> what a nut! You know, at the stop sign, we're right there, same plot spot. There's something in me that gets ticked off. I was at the stoplight over here the other day. Friday, and I was there, and this car, I didn't look, but he could tell he had a good car. I got my little four-cylinder there, you know. And, 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 and he, would just, he was just driving up there, and, and you could just feel like, Brother Manna, what is it about a man and a stoplight when it turns green? <laughs> he's in his lane, I'm in my lane. And, and so I, I just sort of went down, he, he's keeping up with me. I pressed it down more, he's keeping up with me. I pressed it down more, he's getting, no one's gonna win this thing. We only got to the speed limit, I backed off. But you know, it was an amazing thing. I saw him prior to that, just driving. There's something in man, we have got to win. Come on, fellas, don't leave me out, amen. That's an amen thing. They've got to win. That's how some of you ladies are too. And teenagers were all that way. That's pride. In our text today, it's an amazing thing when we see these gentlemen that God brings to our attention. 
I, I want you to go back to chapter number 32. Hudson, will you come and stand right here, please? Dom, will you come stand right here, please? Who's there? Riley, you come stand right here, please, okay? And um, Moe, you stand right over here, okay? Okay. This is chapter right here, right here, and you, you guys can, you can just sit for a minute. Would you like to? Go ahead, Pastor. Sit down right there. <laughs> Pastor Cooper, he's out of who knows what he's doing right now. He's probably at the beach, but he's preaching today. These boys, in a moment, I have them stand. I want you to see the first one in, in 2 Chronicles chapter number 32. These guys don't have their Bible. You're preachers. You don't even have your Bibles up here. Okay, go. Okay, here we go. 2 Chronicles 32. Hezekiah rendered not according to the benefit done unto him. His heart was lifted up. Let's stop right there. Mr. Hezekiah, stand. Hezekiah is a great man. His forefathers were all wicked. But Hezekiah, he began to reform the people. He opened up the house of God. He found the book of God. He began tithing and offerings the past. He, he started off. He's a good man, but for a season, there was a little, a little moment there. We got a little pride. Notwithstanding, Hezekiah, what's your name? Way to go, Hezekiah. And Hezekiah humbled. Look at verse 26. Read the first part with me. Ready? Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. You know, Hudson, what, what, what you did, uh, Hudson and <laughs> Hezekiah, Hudson Hezekiah, that's a good name. You know what he did? He goes, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. That's what you're supposed to say. I was wrong. I was prideful. I was prideful. I confess it. I confess it. But by the way, he was a good, good example. His son, Manasseh, Manasseh, come stand right here. Son, you're taller than your dad. What are you, Dom? How old are you? Um, 16. You, you oh, just turned 16, right? You married? No, no wife? Six foot what? 6'5". Uh, 6'5". You playing ball again this year? Yes, sir. Are you any good? Could I beat you? Probably. Nah, I could never beat you. <laughs> I can't even win a baseball game. For, don't get me. I'm off the subject. Was it? I, it was terrible Thursday night. Here's Manasseh. Would you look at chapter number 33? Verse number 19. His prayer, how God was entreated of him, all his sin, his trespass, and the places where he built high places, the groves. This guy, your dad, broke all those things down, and you're building them back up. And, and the Bible said, before he was humbled, God is going to have to humble you. And God's going to humble you, Manasseh. What's your name? And what's your name? Manasseh. And the Bible says that he humbled himself in verse 23. Manasseh, his father humbled himself. It wasn't a big humility, but at least he attempted. But, but you had a son, and you died. And your son is Amnon, right over here. And what's your name? Amnon. And what's your name? And what's your name? Okay. Now, I want you to see with me chapter 33, verse 23. The Bible said, let's go with 22. And he did that which was evil. Uh, right here, Amnon, you did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord as Manasseh, his father. See, dad, dad did evil too. He built the wrong things. He did the wrong things. But, but 
he at least gave a show of humility at the end. But look at verse 23, and humbled not himself before the Lord, as Manasseh his father had humbled himself, but Amnon trespassed more and more. Here, here are three generations. The name is Hezekiah. And a good man, a godly man, a troublesome decision, but he humbled himself in me. Here's a, here's a man, his name is Manasseh. And Manasseh built the high places, false worship. They sacrificed children. They didn't have a problem with abortion. But God does. And yet God humbled you and, and you said at least yes. But now your name is Amnon. Amnon. He just did worse and worse and worse and he would not humble himself. And then he had a son. And this son, if you'll go with me to chapter number 34 and verse 27. This boy was a great boy. His name was Josiah. You became king at eight years of age. But when you became 16, you began to purge the country of sin. And you brought back worship. You know, um, Josiah, you have no heritage of righteousness. Not your dad. He waxed worse and worse. Not your grandpa, because he built the high place and just had a moment of humility. Your great-grandfather. Wait a minute, folks. I don't know how your kids are going to turn out. Or your grandkids are going to turn out. But maybe your great-grandkids have come out to the cemetery I love going to our cemeteries here and praying. And I walk past the markers of all the people I've laid to rest. And I pray, I think of where your grandfather is laid to rest. He and my dad shared the same birthday, July 13th. Your granddad's right out there. He was a deacon. Loved the Lord, loved this church. On his marker, and there's your grandma, on his marker is the picture of this church. Your dad. It's the most wonderful thing to see. You have some heritage over here because you, you, you have a good dad. And you have a good grandfather. But regardless of what history you have, it's still his decision. You know, your, your granddad and I, I don't have to tell you, Dom, what kind of, well, uh, Hezekiah, what's your name? Manasseh. Yeah, I thought so, Manasseh. I remember when I met your granddad in 1970, and we became roommates, and I was already in college. He came as a freshman. I'd been in a year or two, and he came, and he became one of America's greatest preachers. You know, his granddad died at age 51 as a great preacher. He is laid to rest, his granddad, right next to his granddad, just a couple markers away, right here in Santa Clara. You have no excuse because your dad, your, grand, your dad and your grandfather have set a good example. But it, it always comes down, thank you, fellas. There's four generations, let's be seated. Four generations. It always comes down to what you decide. A 
a girl becomes 12, 13, and she thinks her mom has no jurisdiction over her life. You're a fool. Oh, my mother's got so many rules. That's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There are hardly any rules nowadays. This church has hardly any rules. Our workers, we have some rules, very few. This on one page, 13 things. One, you got to be saved. Wow, that's, oh, legalist, that's hard. And you got to be baptized. Huh. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. And you got to attend church. Wow, you have to use the King James Bible. Oh, you got to dress like a lady or dress like a man. You got to be the part you are. You can't say I'm a Shem. No, you're a he or a she. Oh, hard rules. Oh, yeah, they're real hard. Like my mother and dad, they had rules at the table. No talk with your mouth full. Oh, that's a hard rule. Legalism. No tattling on your sisters. And I had a lot to tattle about because those girls were hard to raise. They were difficult. My dad and I had a hard time with our, those two girls. You know what the problem is? It's humility of heart. I'm really getting to where I'm going. I'm out of time. There, there was a man, his name was F.B. Meyer. He pastored in London with Spurgeon. The man leaves two weeks ago. You were at Spurgeon's Tabernacle for Sunday services. Pastor Masters over there. F.B. Meyer and Spurgeon were across town from one another and pastored at the same time in the late 1800s. Big thousands of people had come. F.B. Meyer was a great, great soul winner. He was a great Bible preacher. He was a great writer. I read books from him. He died in 1929. Weeks before his death, he didn't say this to me, but they found the notes he had written. He was 82 years of age. He was living in a nursing home. And F.B. Meyer, whose life was just stellar, a humble, godly man, a great pastor, a great man of God, lived in the shadow of Spurgeon and, and always just encouraged him that his work was so important instead of having animosity. F.B. Meyer wrote in, on a piece of paper they found after his death, I'm 82. I'm living in a nursing home. I haven't told this to anyone. In these last few weeks, I have caught sight of my frailty and how weak I am even as a Christian. He said, it makes me want to crawl into heaven unnoticed. He didn't want fanfare because the closer he got to seeing Jesus, the more he realized, and he was a humble man, how I am nothing and he is everything. He must increase, John 3. I must decrease. I think you people know by now I love you more than my life. My wife and I have tried to serve you a lifetime, and I hope God continues to give us strength. I love your children. 
I love it on Sunday night when I sit on these steps after church and talk to them. I wish they here an hour. Until now we've got all this food after church and go out there and eat too. But I love being with your kids. I love it. I am so, I've been working all summer on elementary chapel. I've got a theme for the whole year. I am so excited. Last year was animals in the Bible. And I'm not telling you, but I'm excited to be with your elementary kids. I love them. I want to try to help them grow to be good men and women. I love your teenagers. There's no, there's no teens like your teens. I don't envy one other teen group in America. These teenagers here are so amazing. I love your college-age kids. I love you career people. I love you all the way up to the senior saints. But, but I'm telling you, friend, I know by experience, pride is something you're going to have to fight the remainder of your life. My pride is... Curtis Hudson preached in the old building. He said, I'll tell you why you have all these ministries and buildings. And we only had that over there. He said, because this man saw it all. I didn't see anything. I don't look at these things. In fact, when we built this 17 years ago, August the 20th, we moved in here. The next year, I almost resigned. I looked at this. I said, it's too big. What have I done? My pride is not how great I am. Look what I've accomplished. That's not my pride. My pride is the opposite, which is pride. How really of little value I am in life. My pride is that I should have accomplished more for God. My pride is someone gives me a compliment. I can always find fault with what I am. That's pride. I think we think it's like a peacock. Proud as a peacock. I'm so important. You, you people are fortunate to have me. I get so low. I go below the low. That's pride. That's why I never studied to be a pastor. I went to Bible college, graduated. I had two majors and two minors. And I, but, but I didn't study to be a pastor because I knew God couldn't use me. That's Pride. I knew God could not take someone like me and, and, and use me. But I found out God can. Your pride might be you think so high of yourself, but your pride might be you think so low of yourself. But Brother Trevor, you don't know what I've, the sins I've committed. I, I know, and I, I've committed sin too. I wonder if we could have revival this morning. If we just humble ourselves. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.